We talked last Sunday about the uh, significance of submission. And I have felt God all week long um, prompting me to speak on this subject yet again today. I trust that you'll uh, receive this word with a understanding that it is something that was God prompted and uh, not merely some self-serving or self-vindicating attempt on my own part. I feel like the Lord has just continued to deal with me and talked with me about some of these things and I just feel to share a few things with you from the word of the Lord. Would that be all right today? For you see that there, there, are, there are those who, and some who uh, bristle and resist against uh, the, this kind of teaching on submission. In fact, I would go so far as to say that this concept of submission doesn't come easy to any of us in this room, myself included. The, the concept, the idea of submission is not an easy thing. It's, it's not something that comes easy to our flesh to be submitted. And one of the reasons that this is true is because this concept of submission isn't a real popular concept in the nation in which we live. For instance, can you think of any popular songs that have the theme of proper submission? Like, you know, big top ten hits that talk about somebody being submitted. <laughs> but on the contrary, can you think of any popular songs that deal with resistance and fighting against the system and doing it your own way? I did it my all right, because that's the American way. We've been raised in a society that looks at a submissive spirit and a submissive attitude as a weakness. The concept of being your own man and the rhetoric of you know the women's liberation movement have so indoctrinated the minds of most Americans where we believe that Placing ourselves under the authority of another is to make us less than a man or less than a woman. And this uh, rebellious, independent attitude isn't something new to our nation. For when you think of the dawn of American history, you, you think of men and women who, who threw off control and authority and made their way in the new world. We look at families that explored this new continent where there was no law and where there was no order and where there was no structure. And for many of them, that's exactly the way that they wanted to keep it. And because of all of that, America, quite possibly more than any other nation and country in the world, has a connotation attached to it as being a nation of fierce independence and self-government, and self-sufficiency. A nation that prides itself upon what an individual can accomplish and what an individual can produce on their own. And listen, I'm not saying all that stuff's bad. I, th I love our country. I thank God for our country. I believe our we live in the greatest country in the world. Somebody said amen. But I just want us to realize that, that the spirit of independence, if left unchecked, can put us in a place where we're contrary to the word of God. 
And as Christians, we need to ask ourselves this question. Are we wanting to live out our lives in agreement with the concepts and views of our society? Or do we want to live out our lives in agreement with the concepts and views of God? For we have to understand something. This is something that a lot of us don't quite get. God isn't an American. We, we think God's an American. He's not an American. His word is true whether we live in the United States or not. So we need to come to an understanding of the power and the benefits of submission. In fact, I feel to speak on this topic this morning. There's safety in submission. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them there's safety in submission. I want to speak to you about a man in scripture by the name of Abishai. Got a few things. I want to try to go quick. Man in scripture by the name of Abishai. He was a mighty man of valor. He was a, he was a, a warrior in King David's army. And he exemplified an attitude of submission in his life. We're going to get into it. But before we get into the, the examples of, of his submission, I think it's important to note that Abishai was under, I need your minds here today. He was under the guidance and the authority of King David. Who we learned last week also had an attitude of submission. Remember? And as we read the stories of Abishai in the next few moments, you'll see that his attitude of submission was an attitude that was learned as he witnessed the life of one, David, who had a submitted spirit. I'm making sense? So we see that one submitted individual produced those around him who were submitted in their attitudes as well. In other words, submission breeds submission. Submission produces submission. I only bring this up in order to let you know that the opposite is true as well. For an unsubmitted heart will produce an unwillingness to submit in those closest to us. I prove this in scripture from the story where the uh, uh, spiritual leader by the name of Isaac was getting old and he was about to die. And, but before he died, he, he, he wanted to pronounce his blessing upon his oldest son Esau. That was something that in, in biblical days and in Bible times that the, the, the father, before he died, he would bring the oldest son in and he would lay his hand upon him and he would pray a prayer of blessing upon that oldest son. And that oldest son would be blessed because of it. He, he, he would get a greater amount of inheritance and, and just he would have the blessings of God upon his life. Greater maybe even so than the rest of his brothers and sisters because the father had blessed him. Okay, and so Isaac's about to die, and so he's bringing in his son Esau, his oldest son Esau, and, and, he's, and he's about to bless him. The problem was that Isaac's wife, Rebekah, loved their youngest son, Jacob, more. And she wanted Jacob to receive the blessing and not Esau. Are you with me? So look what happens next. Genesis chapter 27 and verse 6. Let me just read the story to you. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, and make me savory meat, that I may eat it, and bless thee, 
before the Lord before my death. So he had told Esau, he said, Esau, go out, kill, kill a, a deer, come back, cook it the way I like it, bring it in, I'll eat it, and then I'll bless you. Okay? So she says, I, I overheard him say that to your brother Esau, Jacob. Now verse 8. Now, therefore, my son, she's talking to Jacob. She says, obey my voice according to that which I command you. Do what I tell you to do right now. Go to the flock. Fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats. And I will make them savory meat for thy father such as he loves. So she says, go out in where the, the, the sheep are and give me a couple of them. We'll kill them. And I'll cook them just the way your father likes them. And, thou sh- and you shall bring it unto your father that he may eat and that he may bless thee before his death. Now what you have to understand about Isaac is that he was blind. So he could not see. So she's saying we're going to trick him. You're going to bring the meat into him. He's going to think it's Esau. He's going to eat the meat. He's going to lay his hands upon you thinking you're Esau and you're going to be blessed. Now watch, watch. And Jacob says, verse 11, Jacob says back to his mom, says, Mom, he said, my brother is a hairy man. Got hair all over him. And I am a smooth man. I don't have hair all over my arms and neck and stuff like like my brother has. My father, pre-adventure, will feel me as he's getting the, the food and as he's laying his hands on me to bless me. He'll feel my smooth skin and he'll know I'm not Esau. And shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. So dad's going to find out, and he's going to curse me and not bless me. Watch what his mama says, verse 13. And his mother said unto him, upon me be thy curse, my son. Only do what I tell you to do, and go fetch the sheep. And he went... And he fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made the savory meat, such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. So she took, like, woolly clothes, wrapped them around his arms and his neck, so if the father were to feel, he'd say, okay, you're Esau. Talk about an unsubmitted wife. Verse 16, and she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck, and she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Story goes on that Jacob goes in, tricks his father. His father gives him the blessing. But then then Jacob has to flee in fear because the older son comes back. Says, what just happened? And and Jacob has to leave in fear. and, And Jacob winds up living a life of trickery and deceit for many years. But what I want you to notice is this. The thought to do all of that did not originate in his mind. It originated in a mom who wasn't submitted in her place. She was not submitted in her action. She did not have a submissive spirit. And therefore, it carried over to the life of her son. And even though the mom says, the curse will be upon me and me alone, that was not really the case. For it produced an unsubmitted attitude in her boy as well. For anyone who models an unsubmitted attitude will more than likely not produce those or or will produce those who struggle with submission. Am I making sense today? So I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about the blessings of submission. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm talking about this stuff today. We need to understand there's safety 
in submission. As moms and as dads, we need to have submissive spirits and submissive attitudes because if we don't, it's going to carry over to those who are close to us. So back to our story of Abishai. Somebody said amen. Back to our story of Abishai. The first glimpse of Abishai that I want us to look at is found in the book of uh, uh, 1 Samuel where it says this. 1 Samuel chapter 26 and verse 6. Is it all right if we kind of just read through a few verses here today? 1 Samuel 26 and verse 6. I I want you to understand this man by the name of Abishai. Then answered David. We we kind of alluded to this last Sunday, but let's look at it again. Then answered David and said to uh, Ahimelech the Hittite and to Abishai the son of Zariah, brother to Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul to the camp? And Abishai said, I'll go down with you. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and behold, watch, Saul lay sleeping within the trench, and his spear stuck in the ground at his bolster. But Abner and the people lay around him. Verse 8, then said Abishai to David, God hath delivered thine enemy into your hand. Now therefore, watch Abishai, he says, God's done this thing. He says, let me go smite him, I pray thee. Let me go kill Saul. Saul's been chasing you around, David. Saul's been trying to kill you, David. Saul's been hounding you, David, all through these woods for these last several months. And now here Saul is. He's asleep. This is a God thing. God has ordained this. God has made this happen. Let me kill Saul. He's delivered him into our hands. Verse 9. And David said to Abishai, don't touch him. For who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And as you continue reading the story, you'll find that Abishai submits himself to David. He wants to kill Saul. He thinks he's in the right in the killing of Saul. But he submits himself to David and he he does what David, his spiritual authority, requests of him to do. But here's what jumped off the page at me. If Abishai had not submitted to his spiritual authority, he would have killed Saul. And he would have thought that it was a God thing while he was doing it. He would have thought it was God ordained and God sanctioned. For he said, God hath delivered him into our hands. I touched on it last week, but let me just say it again. When it comes to some serious stuff in our lives, and when it comes to belief changes and contradicting viewpoints, we better make sure that we are submitted to spiritual authority. Because it's always safer to have spiritual authority confirm or deny that what we have heard was from God, rather than having to find out on our own. Oh, hallelujah. For watch this. Abishai thought it was the perfect will of God to kill Saul. And that it was God ordained, God sanctioned. But look at what happened. Look at what happened to the man who did end up killing Saul. 2 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 2. And it came even to pass on the third day that behold a man came out of the camp from Saul with his clothes rent and earth upon his head. And so it was that he came to David and he fell on the earth and he did obeisance. And David said unto him, from, where have you come from? And he said unto him, out of the camp of Israel am I, have I escaped. And David said unto him, how went the matter? How, how's the battle going? I pray thee, tell me. And he answered that the people are fled from the battle, and many of the people are fallen and are dead. 
and Saul and Jonathan, his sons, are dead also. David said to the young man that told him, how, how do you know that Saul and Jonathan, Jonathan, his son, are dead? And the young man told him this. He said, as I happened by chance upon Mount Gilboa, behold, Saul leaned upon his spear. And lo, the chariots and the horsemen followed hard after him. They were coming to destroy him. And when he looked behind, he saw me. And he called me up to him. Saul calls me up to him. And I answered and said, here am I. And he said to him, who are you? And I answered back and I said, I'm an Amalekite. And he said unto me again, stand, I pray thee, upon me. And slay me, for the anguish has come upon me, because my life is yet whole in me. So the, this, this man says, so I stood upon him and I slew him. I killed Saul because I was sure that he could not live after that he was fallen. And I took the crown that was upon his head and I took the bracelet that was on his arm and I brought them hither to you, David. Watch this, 2 Samuel 1.14. And David speaks back to this young man and he said, how wast thou not afraid? How were you not afraid to stretch forth thine hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? And David called, watch, and David called one of the young men and said, go near, fall upon this guy and smite him. Kill him. And David said unto him, thy blood be upon thy head, for thy mouth hath testified against thee, saying, I have slain the Lord's anointed. This guy comes in, he says, yeah, I, I killed Saul. And David turns to his guys and he says, kill this guy. Kill him. Notice, that would have been the end result of Abishai's life. If Abishai would have done that, that's the exact same thing that would have happened to Abishai if he had not submitted to spiritual authority. Somebody said amen. Is this all right? It didn't matter that he thought God was in it because God wasn't in it. And it didn't matter that he thought God had ordained it because in reality, God had not ordained it. And if he had not been submitted to authority, he would have more than likely acted upon his wrong assumption and paid the penalty with his life. I can't tell you how many people have heard from the Lord about something. And they acted on it. And it's been the worst decision they've ever made in their lives. I'm just trying to let us know there is safety in submission. We pick up the story of Abishai a few chapters later when it says this. I hope this is all right. 2 Samuel 16 and 5. And when King David came to Behurim, behold, there came out a man of the family of the house of Saul whose name was Shimei. Everybody say Shimei. The son of Gera. He came forth and he cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David. And all the people and of the mighty men were on his right hand and his left. So get the picture now. Here's David. He's the king over all of Israel. And all of his mighty men are on the right. And all of his mighty men are on the left. And here comes this dude in front of all of them. And is picking up stones and just chucking them at the king. Hurling insults at them. So watch this. 2 Samuel 16 and 9. Then said Abishai, the son of Zariah, to the king. He said, why should this dead dog curse my Lord, the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. 
Abishai, I mean, he, he would have been a better friend than an enemy. I'm just, I'm just, he's always wanting to kill somebody. He said, let me go over and take his head off. And the king says, what I have to do with thee, you son of Zariah, go ahead and let him curse. Watch, because the Lord hath said unto him. Go ahead and let him do what he's doing, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David, who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold my son, which come forth of my bowels, seeking my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Watch what he says. Let him alone, and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. Notice. David said that what Shimei was doing was either because God told him to do it or because God had allowed him to do it. And if Abishai would have had his way, he would have cut off the head of someone who was doing what God had ordained. See it? I realize that spiritual authority is flesh and blood like anybody else. But I also know that because of their office and because of the position of spiritual authority, there's some things that God shows them. He shows them the importance of some things in the spirit that others may only see as a dead dog. Oh, hallelujah. What Abishai saw as a dead dog. Spiritual authority said, no, 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 this is something of God. This is something of God. There are things of importance that God reveals to spiritual authority. And we need, we need not be so quick to cut those things out of our lives. There's some things that God speaks to spiritual authority. And we need not, shouldn't be so quick to destroy those things from our living because it's possible that it is something that God himself has set forth and brought to pass and just hasn't revealed it to us yet. We need not be so quick to cut away some lines that have been drawn because it's just possible that our spiritual authority has drawn those lines because they've seen some things that we have yet to see. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I, I feel the Holy God. That's quiet. And you're listening. I thank God for it. We shouldn't be so quick to discount something as being irrelevant and outdated because it's just possible that our spiritual authority has seen where those things will play a huge role in our lives. We see him as a dead dog, and we see him as irrelevant, and we see him as outdated, and we see him as something like Abishai that says, who's this dead dog? I can cut off his head, and five minutes later, we won't even worry about him. We'll never think about him again. We'll never, we'll, 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 we'll not even remember this moment, uh, you know, two, year, uh, uh, two minutes from now. That's what Abishai thought. When in reality, that was not the case at all, because it was something important. You see, when I see Abishai, and this is something... I feel like God spoke to me. When I see Abishai in this story, I see a man who's acting out of emotion rather than reality. He sees a guy throwing rocks at his king, throwing rocks at all of them. He hears this guy hurling insults at all of them. And he simply reacts out of emotions. I want somebody to hear me right now. 
He reacts out of emotions to what's been presented to him. The problem is that he doesn't want to just go quiet the man down. He doesn't say, David, just give me a minute. I'll go get the guy and I'll, I'll bring him off to the corner and I'll talk to him and I'll, I'll escort him from the premises. It's not what he wants to do. He says, I want to cut the guy's head off. The problem that I've seen with some is that they make major decisions. And they make major changes. And they alter their beliefs in great ways. And many times it's based on nothing but emotion. They have talked to somebody who has stirred them. They have listened to somebody who has moved them. They've read something that has challenged them. And they react on a major scale to something that has moved them emotionally. The problem is... I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. The problem is that emotions change. I don't know about you, but I have felt very passionate about some things one day and forgot all about it the next day. I have thought that my whole concepts on certain things have changed and certain uh, uh Thoughts on certain things have changed only to wake up the next morning and say, what was I thinking? What I'm trying to say is this. It's good to be submitted to spiritual authority because they will help us filter through what's emotion and what's reality. What if David had not been there? And what if Abishai had not been submitted to David? Abishai would have killed the dude, cut the guy's head off out of emotion. Hallelujah. And if we're not submitted, we run the risk of cutting some things away out of emotion that we will regret when our emotions change. For once Abishai heard that what Shimei was doing was God allowed and God ordained, don't you just... Don't you just know he was so glad he didn't cut his head off? As soon as his spiritual authority says, no, no, this is something of God. Don't you know Abishai was like shaking like, oh, I was so close. I was so close to doing something that I would have regretted. And I just feel, I just, I just feel to tell somebody in this place that if you'll submit yourself to authority, there are going to be some things that are going to, there's going to be some things that you're going to be so glad you didn't cut away. And you might not see it today, and it might not make sense today, but one day you're going to be so glad you didn't. Somebody said amen. Now watch. We're moving along here. Just a few chapters later, we find that David went to war again. But by this time, you know, Chapters are moving along, time's moving along. David is getting older. Okay, this is a long time from the time that he went up against Goliath in his youth. Now he's getting older and he's getting weaker. And he just doesn't have the strength that he used to. And he just doesn't have the fighting power that he once had. And, and, and in this battle, he goes up against a giant. David is fighting. He goes up against a giant by the name of Ishbibinab. If you name any of your kids that, I'll just... They have to smack you, all right? Ishbibinab. 
So he's fighting this giant by the name of Ishbi Benob. And the Bible gives a record of what happens when it says this, 2 Samuel 21, 16. Understand, it's the king. He's getting older. He's fighting this giant. 2 Samuel 21, 16. And Ishbi Benob, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. And when you read that and, and you study that, that, that phrase, I thought to have slain David, it, it meant that in this battle, the giant had the upper hand on David. Because David was weak and because David uh, uh, was a little older than, than what he used to be, the giant had the upper hand and the giant was about to slay David. Thought he was about to slay David. But watch verse 17. But guess who comes to the rescue? But Abishai, the son of Zariah, secured him or stopped the giant and smote the Philistine and killed him. Killed the giant that was about to kill his authority. I bring this up because I feel it's important that the church understands that there are times when spiritual authority is weak. Can I, can I be transparent? There are times when it feels like the enemy is getting the upper hand in my life. And it is during those times when I need to know that there are those who are fighting alongside of me. Oh, hallelujah. For here's the thing. True submission is not merely shown by not fighting against me. But true submission is shown by those who are fighting with me and for me. There are some who say, well, I'm submitted to the pastor because I didn't buck up against him when he started that ministry. And I didn't criticize him on Facebook when he preached about that. And I didn't talk bad about him when he took that stand. And I didn't do this and I didn't do that. But listen, merely refraining from fighting against spiritual authority isn't a true mark of real submission. Real submission will cause you to want to get in the fight. <laughs> Whatever spiritual authority is fighting against, you want to fight against. Whatever spiritual authority is taking a stand on, you want to take a stand on. Wherever spiritual authority draws the line, that's where you draw the line. Oh, hallelujah. The submission will cause you to get on board with the mission. True submission will cause you to get on board with the vision that the spiritual authority has set forth in the church. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like preaching in the house. Let me tell you something. You can come and sit on a pew every Sunday of the year and every Thursday of the year and be here and be present but not be submitted. Because there's a mission and there's a vision that God has spoke to me as pastor that we're taking this church and he is leading us as a people. And if you're not on board with what God is doing, you're not really submitted. But true submission says, come on, we're going to do this. We're going to take this city. Pastor, preach us. Whatever you want to do, what's the vision? What's the mission? I'm going to get on board. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. True submission. Listen, this is, this is so important to me, I, and I, I feel I have, to, I have to say this. 
True submission will cause you to lift me up in prayer. Knowing that I need all the help I can possibly get. True submission will cause you to pray that God will give me wisdom to be the very best pastor I can possibly be. Because I know all too well how inadequate I am when left to my own abilities. I need his wisdom. And I need some people who are willing to pray that God will give me wisdom. And, 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 here's, and here's this. And this is, this is tough. And this true submission, true submission recognizes the weaknesses of spiritual authority. And does everything possible to help strengthen those areas in a spirit of humility. Instead of using those weaknesses as a leverage to tear the man of God down. I got weaknesses. I have weaknesses, Sister Vivian. I've got weaknesses. And, and, and as those that God has placed under me, you can look at those weaknesses and you can say, you know what? I, I realize that's a weakness in his life. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast for him. I'm going to help him in any way I can. If I can do anything to help strengthen that in a spirit of meekness, in a spirit of humility, I'm going to do that. Or you can say that weakness, you can use my weakness as leverage to tear me down in the eyes of those around us, in the eyes of your kids, tear me down in the eyes of the church. Talking about true submission. Talking about true submission. Do I have weaknesses? Yeah. Have I made mistakes in pastoring? Absolutely. Am I going to make more mistakes? Yeah. But a sign of true submission will be in those who pray that God will strengthen the areas I'm weak in and those who will fight on my behalf in the arena of my struggle. You see, th th there will always be those who are simply disconnected and who just show up to see what the outcome is before they decide what they're going to do. Just kind of just blowing, you know, have no idea what God is doing in the church. But then there are others who are in the fight. And know who the battle is and know where the lines are and know what the goal is and what the prize is. And there are those who are lifting up my arms when they begin to grow weary. And you're getting behind the vision that I felt God has given me for this church. And it will be because of you that I live to fight another day. And it will be because of you that my passion stays strong. Not just those who, who don't fight against me. That just kind of show up but ignore me. Ignore what's going on around here. That's not going to help me. It's going to be those who are fighting for me and with me that allow me to fight another day. It's going to be because of you that I can keep the passion that's burning with inside of me strong. It'll be because of you that my desire for greater revival continues to burn hot. It will be because of you that my calling stays sure. And I thank God for every man and woman in this place who has submitted to the spiritual authority in your life and are fighting alongside of me in the trenches for revival. I thank God for those of you who are plugged in.
Thank God. I thank God for those of you who are on fire for Jesus Christ. I thank God for those of you who are ready to storm the gates of hell with me for no other reason than you desire for God to pour out an apostolic, in-time, unprecedented revival in our families, our homes, and our communities. I need some people. I need some people that will come up and put your arms around me in prayer and put your arms around me and, and, and say, come on, Pastor, we're believing in you. We trust you. You're doing right. You're doing good. And the areas of weakness say, I'm going to pray for my pastor. I'm not just going to criticize him. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to lift him up. I need you to help me fight another day. I'm going to shout amen. I'm almost done. Our, our story of Abishai is coming to a close. But I want you to see what all of this is leading up to. For it's only two chapters later that we read this. 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 18. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zariah, was what? Chief among three. And he lifted up his spear against 300 and he slew them. And he had the name among three. Was he not most honorable of three? Therefore, he was their captain. This is telling us. Now watch. When when, when you get in there and you start looking at those verses, what it's showing us is this. That Abishai, you got to get this. Abishai was promoted in the ranks to one of the top levels in David's army. He was in the top five or six most powerful men and held one of the five or six top offices in David's army. Somebody said amen. But watch, he would have never gotten there if he didn't have a submissive spirit. For if he would have killed Saul, Sister Vera, he would have been dead long time ago. And if he would have killed Shimei, then he knew he would have never been promoted because he would have killed the very thing that God had orchestrated. God cannot promote that. But because he had a submissive spirit, when the story of Abishai wraps up in Scripture, we find that he was one of the top-ranking generals in David's army. Of all the hundreds of thousands of fighting men... In David's army, God promoted Abishai to the top. And he placed him in a position of power and authority. Why? Because God can bless a submissive spirit. But an unsubmissive attitude will endure great calamity and never accomplish anything for the kingdom of God. Listen, I I, I know people. I know people even that I was acquainted with that did not have a submitted spirit. They never submitted to anybody. And you know what? They're constantly bouncing from here to here to here to here to here. Never accomplishing anything great for the kingdom of God. And it goes back to an attitude. They're unsubmitted. I'm done. But watch this. Last week we talked about how music... We talked about how David was in a position where he could defeat Goliath simply because he had submitted to his father. Remember this? And once he brings the food there like his father had requested him to, he, 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 he notices Goliath and he begins to say that he would, I'll, I'll fight Goliath. Who, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? 
Who is this guy that's causing you guys all to fear and hide in your tents? I'll take this guy for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God. God will help me. I I can defeat this guy. And look at what it says next, 1 Samuel 17 and 30. And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. So he's kind of telling, uh, uh, he's telling people, saying, who who, who is this giant? I can defeat this giant. God will help me defeat this giant. He's kind of going around telling everybody this. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And watch, verse 31, and I'm done. And when the words were heard which David spake, they, not David, those around David, they rehearsed them before Saul. And Saul says, bring me David. Notice, it was not David that went to Saul and told him, I can kill this giant. It was the rest of the warriors who took it to Saul and said, there's a guy here who can defeat this giant. Why? I'm done. Why? Because when you have a submissive spirit, the doors of opportunity and advancement will be opened to you. And you will not have to try and open them yourself. You won't have to. You won't have to. You see, but when you're unsubmitted, it's all about me. It's all about what doors can I open? What, 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 what office can I get? What, what, what thing can I? It's all about what I think and what I know and what I believe. And it's all about me. What, what, can, I, what, what, what can I do? And those people never accomplish anything. And if they do, it's, 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 it's nothing compared to what they could have. But when you're submitted... And you're humble, you're submitted to authority, God just opens this door for you. And you walk through it. And in that arena, you're humble. And you've got a submissive spirit. And so God opens up another door. And you just walk in that. And continually, all throughout your life, God begins to promote you higher and higher. Because you're faithful over a few things, God is going to make you ruler over Many. I'm trying to let us know that submission is not a bad thing. Submission is a calling of God in order that advancement and favor can be released in our lives. There is safety in submission. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's lift up our hands.